Pamela. Welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series Sunny Side Up. I'm Paroma, your host for the day. Pamela, welcome to uh, the Demand Matrix podcast series titled Sunny Side Up. We're really glad to have you here. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for asking me to be, to be a part of your show. I'm excited to talk about our topic today and get started. So appreciate being here. That's great. So what we wanted to start with is uh, getting to know you. I think our audience would be interested in knowing what you do and what your past work experience was all about and how it led you to your current role as a content strategist at the Bedowitz Group. Absolutely. Yes. And as you mentioned, I'm currently a campaign and content strategist with the Pedowitz Group, and we're a marketing consulting agency that works with enterprise organizations on setting up their digital marketing campaigns, both inbound and outbound. That includes also the tools as well as the strategies. So I'm one of the key strategists on the team working with multiple clients and doing that. But before I came to TPG, I've been with TPG now for about two and a half years. Before that, I worked in various roles uh, from social media director for an education network to working as a content strategist both independently and with inside organizations. I've actually been in marketing for over 25 years. I can't believe it's already been that long, but I've been very focused on the content and digital side for the past 12, 13 years and kind of been a veteran in the content marketing space in terms of doing content marketing even before it was called content marketing. So lots of experience in all aspects of digital. That's pretty interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, what the major changes are, what you've noticed over the last couple of years ever since this entire digital experience and the changing consumer behavior and the changing consumer consumption patterns when it comes to content. What are the major changes that you've come across? You hit the nail on the head with the consumer concept, right? Obviously, the biggest change that's taken place, I would say, over the past five to ten years, just as a general rule, is that the consumer is in charge, and more so now than ever before. And for organizations, especially B2B organizations, this is a really big shift. And so even in terms of content, we've not only had to really understand how our prospects become our customers, but how they stay our customers and how we can align our content information, what we share with them, as well as how we distribute it and where we distribute it to them. We have to take all of that into consideration because at the end of the day, our customer is in charge of their own buying process and their own journey. And we're just here to help fill in the gaps, connect the dots per se, so that they uh, consider what we have to sell if they're looking for that in the market, that what we have is something that they not only need, but we're the only option. And that's not easy in a world where they can pretty much look at ourselves and our competitors at any given time on the Internet. Right, that's what we see as well. And uh, what I wanted to ask you next is your thoughts on content marketing and the fact that every B2B marketer will at some point rely on it as a strategic way to drive conversions, to get more leads and uh, to reach out to their audience base effectively. So according to you and as a Pedowitz group, what is the core driving factor for content marketing? There is so much content out there. So why is it still so important? It's a really great question. And, 
you know, historically, even if you look at content marketing as an industry, it really became an industry, I want to say probably 12 or 13 years ago. But even before that, we were using content as marketers to reach our audience. We just didn't necessarily call it that and didn't, and it didn't have its own industry like it does or, or niche area within the marketing spectrum. It really has become quite important and continues to be, I don't see this actually going away at all. In essence, I see it not only continuing to expand, but forcing us as marketers to just get better and better. And what I mean by that is because we as consumers can go onto any given platform on the internet via our mobile device, our phones, our iPads, our tablets, whatever the case may be, we really want to be able to provide information that our audience is seeking at any given moment. And I think that's where the real challenge is today. The real challenge is getting the right content in front of the right person at the right time. And that's a challenge because our audience continues to shift and move. And we can only make certain assumptions. So we want to make sure that we're using our technology and the content that we share with them in a smart way that can also track their behavior patterns so that we're able to kind of meet them where they're at at any given moment. And I think that's where we're going to see more and more of our content conversation moving towards. You're absolutely right when you say there's so much out there and the conversation of quality versus quantity is one that's been in discussion for a couple of years, I think we're also going to see that continue to play out, that putting forth the best content for our audience versus the most content is still very much in play when it comes to the content marketing that we do. Interesting. Yeah, true. Let me ask you, when you plan a content strategy, how important is uh, gating some of your content assets? How important is it to you? And how important should it be for you know a B2B marketer who's just starting out? Yeah, that's a great question. It's also one that's starting to really gain some ground in terms of a discussion point in the content industry. We kind of live in this paradox where you want your audience, especially your target audience, to be able to consume, to be able to find and consume the content you are giving them because that's how you introduce yourself. That's how you show the world that you know what you're talking about, that you're there to be of support and help and add value. Yet at the same time, as I mentioned, we need to build in these elements of behavioral elements that allow us to track whether or not the person that's consuming our content is truly qualified in terms of a lead, a prospect to a lead, to a marketing qualified lead, to a sales qualified lead, and then eventually to customer. And that kind of takes away some of the relationship piece, but it really allows us to put data to this process. And I think in the long run, when we're able to do that, we can actually have happier clients because they are truly where they want to be. Now, in terms of gated content, that is a very specific tactic that is used by a lot of us in content marketing to be able to get information from our audience to bring them into our database and then move them through a nurture process to actually purchase a product and or service. And it still is an important part. I think we're seeing a shift in that with the ever-increasing ways that we can reach audiences through social platforms like Facebook and LinkedIn, for example, we're seeing that we can pixel and move them through a behavior process when we bring them through social into our web, into a database. But at the end of the day, we still use a lot of uh, gated opportunities, value-driven gated opportunities to start to kind of use a, a process, what I call deselection, where your audience can start to kind of deselect themselves by either joining or not joining through that gated process. Still very important, but you want to be very cautious in how you're building your content and distributing your content when it comes to gated so that 
it doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel salesy, that it's actually a part of a conversation and not something that you feel like you're forcing your audience to do. Right. So what kind of content would you choose to shift and what would you choose to give? I've really shifted over the past probably 18 to 24 months in how this works. You know, when gated content became a very common way of gathering intel and information from your audience, a lot of the choices were made based on size of content, right? Like white papers, really robust pieces of content. And the way I look at this in today's world, because we have so many different mediums in which we can reach our audience, to me, the word that constantly comes to mind when I need to decide to gate is value. And so I look to what is it I want my content to do? Do I want them to engage with it easily and start to welcome the information, learn from us, accept us as a thought leader in a certain topic? If that's what I want my content to do in terms of value, I don't want to gate that. So there's a lot of video content, podcast content falls into this category quite often, um, visual level content, infographic type, easy to digest content, just in terms of some tactics to give your audience kind of a visualization. But at the end of the day, it's about value. So if you're asking your content to simply be there as a resource, then you probably don't want to gate it. At the same token, if you're asking your content Do I want my content to start to select specific members of my audience? Then you can start to create value-driven pieces that will do that. And again, robustness of content is not necessarily the answer. Something like a checklist of all the things you need to know before you start a project or whatever the product or services that you sell could be something of such high value to your audience, yet it's a nice visual one page that it could require a gated, being a gated piece and be okay because people are willing to what I call spend money, which is their email address, right? Spend money on that piece of content. So that's really how I approach this conversation in today's content world is what is it I want my content to actually accomplish as part of this campaign or as part of the process of moving our audience through their customer journey? And then in terms of value, would my audience be willing to pay for this with their email address? And those are the two main questions I ask. It's not necessarily the largest, biggest piece, right? (laughs) That's cool. That's interesting. So at this point, you're probably using a lot of registration forms or lead forms to collect all this information from your target audience. So we've been noticing that it's easy to get a lot of bogus information while we do that. So how do you suggest people minimize this bogus information from entering your database? It is a tough uh, part of the process, right? There's a lot of spam bots out there, a lot of black hat techniques still, right, in terms of uh, individuals. And then there's those that are just trying to get the content so they give a Gmail address versus their business address and things like that. And I don't know if you'll ever truly get away from some of those natural characteristics of human nature, but I think from a content perspective, What I'd like to really, you know, again, kind of looking at this from the value of the audience and really understanding your persona or the folks that you're actually going after. It's been discussed probably at length, right, that your buying journey and your personas are key and are very critical to building out the proper campaign. But I think sometimes we talk about something so much that we forget to just kind of stop, take a step back and really assess how well do I know this audience. The more that we truly understand the individual that we are hoping to bring into our database, the less chance we have of having bogus information. 
Because at right. the end of the day, our goal is if you are interested in my product and service, I really want you to come in, right? I want you to come into my database. And if you're really interested, you want to be there. And that's what we want our sales staff to have is that qualified person who's excited and interested to talk about the product and service. So it, it does always take a little bit of scrubbing, right? We always have to make sure we are doing a routine clean of our database to make sure that we don't have debt accounts or inactive accounts or accounts that just don't follow suit. But this is where content, the ungated content, can be critical to ensuring that by the time you ask for information, they're almost waiting for it, right? They're willing and waiting to be able to come into your database because you've provided so much value to them already. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. tell me, what do you think about the future of this content marketing game and this content gating game with all these new tools and all these technologies out there? This is one of the reasons the consumer has changed the way they consume what we have to offer them. They prefer yes. videos now. They probably use their phones a lot more often to, to read blogs, to consume audio content like podcasts. So where do you see all of this going? Where is it headed? Yeah, they're not only in control, they're getting smarter, aren't they? <laughs> right? They know yeah. when it's coming. <laughs> so I think we may actually see less of gating when, uh, as we move forward because the audience is almost demanding more of value that they can achieve in one click. At some point, there won't be any clicks, perhaps, but they really are demanding. I think what our job is as content creators and developers is to be able to do as much as we can in content development that spans different mediums and different types of content for our audience to digest. And what I mean by that is, you know, we mentioned video, we mentioned audio, visual, text, all of those elements are important. And we need to look ahead and really consider content development not only uh, an important part of the marketing process, but a key team when it comes to the importance of this. Because your audience wants to be able to sometimes view something for a couple of minutes. Oh, and then they want to pop over here and read this blog post. And then they see that you're also a podcast host, right? It's like, oh, maybe I'll listen to a couple of those episodes. And if I like it, I'll subscribe. And so it really is you know, we've heard the word binging content, similar to like the way we like binge on Netflix, right? We need right. to be able to start using more technologies that develop content hubs. And through those behaviors, we can easily or more easily bring them in, let them stay with us for a longer time frame, and then, of course, bring them into our database. So I think we're going to see a little more free content as we continue to evolve, but we're going to see multiple mediums at play so that our audience can digest that content the way they really want to at any given moment, right? I have a good friend, Ardeth Albi, who works in the B2B marketing space, and I spoke with her some time ago, and she said, you know, the average person, when they start to research, can do up to 20 minutes of research at any given time. And if that's the case, then why aren't we developing content that gives them the opportunity to do that? Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. So what, what, according to you, are your biggest takeaways after all these years in content and then you've seen it, uh, you've seen the game change, you've seen a lot of technology coming in and you've seen the consumption patterns change. So what are your biggest takeaways and what are the few secret tips that you'd want to share with our listeners? One of the biggest takeaways I have is that, and I have seen marketing evolve quite a bit. I mean, I started my marketing career 
in traditional broadcasting as a radio copywriter and copy director. Back when all I had was a newspaper clipping and I had to write a 30-second ad uh, based on that newspaper clipping. And right. and I've seen it evolve from this push marketing all the way to now this pull marketing, this inbound to where we are today with digital with multiple tool, tools. And a couple of things just never seem to change. One, really understanding your customer is truly critical. I think now we have opportunities more than ever to be able to collect information, behavior, and data on those that are interested in what, in what they're consuming through us. So let's take advantage of that as much as we can as marketers so that we're fulfilling the promise of what our content needs to deliver. And another piece that I see is with technology, you know, we in marketing, sometimes we have what I call SOS, shiny object syndrome. We see that yeah. new, new tool and we go, oh, it's like squirrel. It's like a dog with a squirrel, right? Yeah. And we see a new tool and we want to go play with it and test it out. And that's all fine. I think it is important for us as marketers to really understand as many of the tools that we have available to us so we can vet them, demo them, that type of thing. But at the end of the day, the tool is only as good as the information you're putting into the tool. I believe that content is still going to be the most critical part of everything you do. Even if you're doing a marketing automation campaign through uh, a Marketo or an Eloqua, for example, you still have to provide a message and a content offer to get your audience to do something, to fulfill on, um, on an action, right? And so all of those tools are fantastic, but the most important is still the information that you're sharing with your audience, which you have to know extremely well. Absolutely. I agree with you. I think this was a very interesting conversation. There's a lot that I think our listeners can uh, learn from this. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? I think just one last piece is I think if you are in marketing today, whether you're just joining the industry or you've been in the industry for a couple of decades, it is one of the most exciting times to be in marketing. We have an opportunity to really make change happen inside of organizations because content doesn't just touch marketing. It touches customer service. It touches product development, human resources, sales, right? We have the opportunity to really work with inside of organizations like never before. And then externally, to be able to work with our customers this intimately, just an unheard of opportunity, you know, through the social platforms. We never used to have this. So I just like to remind our fellow marketers that it's an exciting time. It can feel overwhelming, but we have the opportunity to do some really interesting and fun projects and work. And I just really think it's a really wonderful time to join the marketing industry if you're just joining, just becoming a part of us as well. Great. Thank you so much, Pamela, for spending this time with us. And we look forward to having you participate in several other things in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. I really enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you. Thank you.